Welcome to Freaky Phantoms. This is Deborah, and with me, as always, is Andrew. Yep. A um, little tired today, but we got a, an exciting episode that I think is going to wake us up. You feeling a little drained? I feel, I feel like there's something that's been sucked out of me, and there's <laughs> something that keeps me going. Like a, like a force, like a force of, of living. Like a life force. Credits. Thank you for listening to another episode of Freaky Phantoms, folks. <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs> so, um, Jesus. the other week, uh, we were watching American and Martin do um, their updates on Alice Asylum and play some video games and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And when they were doing the shout out for us... Martin specifically asked if we could do Life Force. That's right. So, yeah, we we saw that, and it was the best idea ever. (laughs) Or (laughs) was it the worst? It's really appreciated. (laughs) Well, the thing is, is that we've been gearing up towards uh, unveiling a show that we are going to be putting out on a regular basis. Um, Just a video uh, that we're going to be... um, finally finishing up that we've already done uh, a little bit for and i think this would have been a great film to include in that i think so uh uh, watching uh weird and extreme movies yeah um this this is kind of a primer for that i think uh especially considering the fact that i grew up with this movie on like tnt and i think joe bob showed it a couple of times on monster vision and uh, you had said you had seen it, but you didn't I remember anything of it. I saw it once. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say six or seven years ago. Mm. With mm. me? Yeah, with you. I must have put it on. Yeah, you did. Probably, probably when the original Blue came out. Yeah. From Scream. Factory. You bought the original Blue. Yeah. And then we watched it, and I remembered. L- Literally nothing <laughs> about it. It did not retain. Um, <laughs> except for Naked Space Lady. Yeah, well, that's the whole reason why we that's watched it, That's the whole we? reason we watched it. Yeah. Naked Space Boobs. Yep. <laughs> so funny. So, um... Yeah, Life Force. What is Life Force Andrew? Uh, well, it is um, arguably the worst film adaptation of a novel uh according to its author colin wilson author of the book this is based after the space vampires um what the film is is a very interesting uh take on the uh story in a nutshell it's toby hooper it is toby hooper yes and it's it's toby hooper (laughs) in glorious mode which we Um, love toby hooper yeah well, there, there's an incredible lightning in a bottle mix of elements in this film. Everything from the cast to the director of photography to the head of special effects to, you know, the fact that it's a Menachem and Yoram film. Yes. Uh, which, there's such a fun story about that. But the plot, the plot very streamlined of this film is a shuttle goes into outer space and encounters an alien craft inside the cone of Halley's Comet. And they come back to Earth with some space vampires uh, 
that completely destroy London. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> no, that's not it. Uh, um, well, there's there's more to it. There's plenty more to it, but that's you know the the most threadbare outline of plot that you can really uh, say is the foundation of this. It's so all right. So the thing about Life Force is it's. It is actually kind of draining to watch because it just feels like it goes on and on and on. See, I, I But I at have, the same time, yeah. it's really energetic because it's so off the rails. I agree. I mean, it's, it's incredibly uh, out there. And, and just the fact that, like, the, the sets and the sequence of events and the narrative of this film um, seem so manic <laughs> especially in our locations uh and there were so many back and forth struggles during the production of the film of how long the outer space sequences should be because originally that was the entire first third of the fucking movie really yeah all the stuff on the shuttle columbia or whatever it is that goes up to uh Haley's comet and confronts the alien ship that lasted like 35 minutes in the original cut and in the final cut it's like 10 it's yeah it's 10 minutes and then the thing is is all those scenes that were shown later on in flashbacks yeah were supposed to be part of the first act so that was a huge argument um i think between toby hooper and uh, manaham and yaram uh, Golan Globus, the guys who made up Canon Films, of you know whether or not it should be contained in its entirety in the beginning, or if it should be split up for pacing for the audience. What uh, so pa- that's a that's what, a fight that he lost. Pacing would have what pacing? <laughs> I know, I know. That's the thing too, is because we have all of these vignette scenes that are threaded together by the fact that there is a threat of human destruction from these space creatures. But the way that it all plays out it's seems so, so disjointed it does. and disconnected. All right, and the thing is, it's like, okay, so space vampires are killing everybody. Yeah. Yet they, it feels like there's no sense of urgency with the guys trying to figure out how to catch them. Not really. And it kind of starts from the beginning when the space girl, as she is um, credited in the actual film titles, uh, Matilda May. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous how... Um, when she's escaping her containment, people oh, are God. trying to bribe her with cookies. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, there's a naked lady. Oh, no, don't let her get out. There's a naked lady. Don't let her out. And anytime anyone sees her, I think it's because of her vampire hypnosis power. Mm. But they're all like just staring at her and one guy literally like hands out a biscuit and goes come to daddy come on (laughs) and she just like shocks them and breaks the window open and walks out like nothing happened so a funny thing about the difference between the theatrical version that was released in the united states and the european version that is the extended cut you could say even though it still has eight minutes removed of toby hooper's original uh 
edit of the Wait, movie. Wait, the director's cut still has eight minutes missing? Yeah, the, the eight minutes is the uh, stuff on the uh, shuttle that was supposed to be in the beginning tacked onto everything else. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, there, there's three versions of this film. There's the film that we're never going to see, which has all of the front-loaded uh, outer space stuff, which was Toby Hooper's original cut, but that cut is long fucking gone. Um, the version that finally made it out for distribution um, in Europe is about an hour and 56 minutes long, something like that. And then that got trimmed significantly by, I believe, Metro-Golden-Mayer and TriStar for U.S. distribution. And the stateside version has real significant... uh, moments in the overall movie that are missing that explain shit so there's a lot of expository dialogue and what you're talking about um the guy from the devils actually explains um michael gothard who plays yeah. one of the british scientists uh bukowski or something like that i can't remember well they have names like three of them do um that, that's the thing too you cannot connect to these characters you're because- just like oh fuck it's steve rails back he's a colonel or- america Oh, yeah, it's like there's space captain dude, and yeah. then there's white hair general dude, and, and then, then there's Commander Britain, and then there's Patrick Stewart. Yeah, yeah. So it's, <laughs> and then there's guy from Clockwork Orange, Aubrey yeah. Morris, who shows up, and then there's redhead Moore's girl. And she's the only one that I remember like, like Ella ever. or it's, Emma. Well, they call her Ella and then yeah. immediately the next scene they call her Ellen. So it's like, which it's, one is it? Oh, we'll, we'll get to the direction <laughs> and how Toby Hooper controlled his cast in a little bit. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, Michael Godhard says about lead space girl. She is the most effeminate woman I've ever seen. She drew me in and I had a complete loss of control and it was horrifying. That's how he explains what happens when he goes into the laboratory. And it's where they were going to perform an autopsy on her. Yeah. And she kills the guard. And then he stands there and she makes out with him oh, for a minute. that guy. And then he okay, yeah. falls down. Yeah. And for the rest of the movie, he's sweating until we're told that he's he killed off screen. Yeah. Which I, I can't remember if there's a you know actual scene of him dying in the director's cut. But... You know, it needs to be revisited. So, apparently that's the power that the female vampire has. And then she's got two dudes that are with her, too. Yeah. Um, and, but they don't really do much? No, they, they're... they I think what they were was, like, she's the queen and they're kind of like worker bees. Yeah. And they can suck energy in but they have to give it to her and she's what controls everything and they also protect her at the end yeah because they protect her and also like they suck in the energy and it goes to her and she's the one who gets all the life force energy and puts it into the out into the spaceship yes i'm saying these things (laughs) that's that's the overall plot um what these vampires are doing? Sucking out the life force out of everyone in the world so they can live and then channel it. But also channel like reservoir life force energy into their fucking spaceship. Let's clarify what life force means. <laughs> how the film explains it at the end. It is literally human souls. Yes. Human souls are being shot into space through a giant blue laser. <laughs> 
and collected in a spaceship that, at the end, returns to Halley's Comet. Yeah. By flying past the moon. What I what I thought was ridiculous was like, okay, so this is happening, and then later on, they're like, these are the original vampires of ancient history. And they're like, oh my god. And then the guy's like, yes, yeah. they've been here before. And it's like, <laughs> she's a destroyer of worlds. World. The fuck out of here dialogue okay okay so apparently (laughs) apparently the screenplay and the script um had been written eight times god damn before before they brought in the guy from alien oh no so this film had been drafted um almost a fucking you know 10 times ridiculously. Hold on real quick before you get into that. Yeah. It's really trying to do Alien at the very beginning <laughs> with all of the Giger-esque yeah. shit oh, yeah. on the spaceship. It's uh-huh. pretty fucking rip off. I love it. I love it so much. Because right. uh, the, the film started and we were just making Alien riffs and we were making Event Horizon riffs and we were having so much fun. Uh, but the script had been rewritten uh, almost 10 times. And they brought in Dan O'Bannon, who is one of my personal favorite um, creative people from this time. Uh, he wound up directing The Resurrected with Chris Sarandon. Mm-hmm. Um, he had, you know, uh, written Alien with Ridley Scott. And he was an incredible um, creator, you know, and writer. He did his best here. <laughs> um, and apparently, apparently, he was so pissed with Toby Hooper that Toby Hooper wanted to include Haley's Comet because that wasn't the original story. Originally, the fucking ship was going to come from an asteroid belt. And Toby Hooper wanted Haley's Comet included because I guess he was scuttling on the floor and came across a newspaper and saw that Haley's Comet was supposed to physically be passing the Earth within two years of the movie being made. And this came out in 85, so I guess Haley's Comet... This is fucking stupid. It's, it's Toby Hooper. <laughs> Toby Hooper was like, Haley's Comet's gonna be here. That's perfect for my movie. Picking up the breadcrumbs. <laughs> I love it so much. So we have this ongoing joke that anything Toby Hooper does, it's because he's been scuttling on the carpet, sniffing coke out of it. Allegedly. 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 That's allegedly. our joke. It's yeah, a joke. It's, you know... But he's been... <laughs> However, I will say, folks listening, if you want to hear more about that, please listen to Caroline Williams and Bill Mosley guesting on Mick Garris's uh, podcast, Postmortem. But it's just... Uh, for like, it's, the Toby Hooper... It's just um, a fun joke to think about. Yeah, well, you know... So, uh, like, because I think about, like, the little tiny creatures from Silent Hill that have yeah. the frog legs that just scuttle on the floor. I, I also think of, like, truffle pigs. Yeah! You know? Um, so Toby Hooper, Toby Hooper was a fucking fantastic filmmaker. Oh, he was great. We love him. He's yeah. a household name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him he's, and, um, he's one of our favorites. Him and James Horner. Okay, okay. Fun fact. I was kind of fucking Fun pissed. fact. Fun what? fact. James Horner was originally optioned for the music of the movie. I fucking knew it. Yes. They had James Horner on the shortlist before they eventually got uh, Michael Kamen to come in. Uh, after Henry Mancini but, all right, um, so did his score. The music was actually really decent for this. Um, it wasn't terrible. But because I knew it was Toby Hooper, I wanted James Horner. Yeah, and the thing is, is like you can kind of um, tell 
that <laughs> they were really sort of tell. going off of a little bit of what James Horner had been producing. Let, let's let's be perfectly clear about <laughs> the beginning of this movie. It is very, very much a product of previous films like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Alien. Like Alien, absolutely. Like Star Trek The Motion Picture, you know. So we get all of these uh, influences that... Um, wind up being able to get produced by an incredible uh, team of set builders and the fact that the whole opening space stuff is filmed in the same uh, parts of Pinewood Studios that they did parts of Star Wars and Legend in. Oh, yeah. So the cast is literally hanging from wires 40 feet in the fucking air. And you can tell. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's really cute. You can especially tell in the director's cut. Oh, no. Because there are extended shots where the actors are kind of like janky on the wires. So they're like bouncing sort of against the uh, air um, flow that's supposed to be, you know, propelling them through space. Well, you got to think. It was 85. It was, it's not a blockbuster high budget movie. Surprisingly, it was one of the most expensive movies Menachem and Yoram ever made. Well, that's Menachem and Yoram. Yeah, it's true. Maybe twenty-two million, something like that. I don't know. I can't remember. But Golan, they, God actually, bless Golan Globus. They actually did a pretty good job with the creature effects. I agree. Here's something really fun about that too: the autopsy dummies. Yeah. The the uh-huh. dead bodies. They got reused in the Mummy. In 1999, that's why they look so fucking familiar. Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) They went into storage for almost 15 years, and then they were brought back out. Remember the guy who gets killed after he goes blind? Oh my god! Yes. That's the first one. That's the guard. That's right. Brendan Fraser's The Mummy reuses the dead mummified bodies from Life Force. Okay, I have goosebumps because that makes me so fucking happy. <laughs> Which God is why this damn. movie will always be permanent collection from now on. Oh, um, but but the creature money. the creature effects are amazing. Uh, they're so much fun. Um I'm trying to remember who was the lead for Creature Effects. It, it might have been uh, Michael Dextra, but I, I'm not sure if he was an effects guy or if he was uh, DP. Yeah, he, he was an effects guy. It was yeah. John Dextra. John Dextra. He worked on Star Wars. Um, but, you know, the, the visual effects in this movie uh, look like they're from the same team that did Poltergeist. Um, so a lot of the time it looks fucking great. Uh, there are some ridiculous scenes, um, that even kind of do a little bit of call to like what we saw in Willow, um, in the end. A little bit. Yeah. With the light, the vampire's light force being red instead of blue. I, I, <laughs> it's so, I, I think this movie is a fucking spectacle. You know what I like? What I like how, one, they're called the Genesis, remember? Because she's, oh, <laughs> she's like, we become part of the Genesis. That is my, sp- that's what we are. Whatever. Um, how, the what they really look so like are like fucking seven foot tall bat creatures. Yes. 
Yes. They, they look like Jerry at the end of Fright Night. It's really good, Ugh. but kind of better. They kind of like kinda, bigger. Yeah, bigger, and I like the faces better. Another yeah. thing that I like is like for no fucking reason, these things fucking explode, <laughs> and not explode just boom body parts. It's like they explode into dust. <laughs> There's like three times that happens, and every time it's fucking amazing. Does it not look like the beginning of the movie, like the first half hour, has the most production value? And then by the end, you were watching hundreds of extras and all of these London set pieces running around with bad zombie makeup? So they had, yeah, because they had these awesome puppets that they were doing for this. And then at the end, everyone else is dressed up in really, really bad zombie makeup. It's like worse. (laughs) It's like friggin' awful. It's it's sub Dawn of the Dead level. Like everybody's blue and has... Like purple, yeah, really bad, purpley and red. They were blood. told to do anything, <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, they're just like jitting around. One's taking a shit. One's like, goes, ah! like it's there's hilarious. one squatting in the street, just tapping its hands on, on the, the ground. ground. So yeah. thing is, like, I'm sitting here and like, we're watching it. <laughs> like, why couldn't they just get a whole bunch of the puppets and put them on sticks? Oh my that would have been so much better. Like, like fucking. Uh, shit that Sam Raimi did in Army of Darkness where you're literally watching skeleton stick puppets be like shuffled across the fucking frame like it's a Muppet movie. I would have loved to see that (laughs) because we were getting fucked with enough as it was. Mm -hmm. All right. So so the progression of the film, should we talk about what A to B to C to D to E to F and so on is that's, until the movie fucking ends. That's up to you. I mean, we can we're we're jumping around a lot and we haven't really discussed the cast too much to a degree because they don't have any names and we don't care. Yeah, not really. Um that, that was the thing. I couldn't care about anybody in this movie. I tried to. I tried to connect with no, a couple I mean, of the I liked it. Characters. I, I liked the characters. Yeah. But it was like, okay, so there's this guy and yeah. okay, this is what he's doing. I wasn't able to connect with anybody. Because it didn't feel like anyone was really fleshed out a lot enough except yeah. for s- naked space, space girl. girl. <laughs> and the only reason why that is is because she's fucking naked the entire time. Well, we do we do know one thing about one character. Um Commander England is a voyeur. Yes. He makes that very clear. He even says it. Yeah. Well, that's that's a thing um, that was brought up with Toby Hooper directly when he did the commentary for the new Scream Factory Blue. Is that there are so many scenes where people are looking through glass and on the other side of a wall and then watching... Uh, the destruction of London, and it's it's a very voyeuristic film. Mm-hmm. Like even at one point, even our the main beginning, character, yeah, everybody's like looking at everything, you know, through something, and uh, doing that. But the 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 fact that there is literally the first three minutes of a British porn edited into this movie, yeah, that's seen psychically by our main character. Mm-hmm. It's totally the setup, and then the pickup, and then the like little bit of foreplay before fucking. That's what happens in the middle of this movie with 
the character that you remember her name the most. Yeah. But that was originally Olivia Hussey. Are you serious? She got confused because she was brought onto the film and cast for that role. Okay. Somebody told her she was playing the fucking vampire girl. And she left the movie because oh. she thought she was going to have to be naked for the whole thing. So if she had known what character she was actually cast to play, we could have been very close to seeing an Olivia Hussey upskirt in a British hunter's car. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> That's, I I think she would have left the movie regardless. Yeah. I don't I don't think she would have gone that far. No. I mean, she was she was in uh fucking not tourist trap, but um the movie with Steve Rails back that they did in uh Australia, uh directed by Brian Trenchard Smith. You're not ringing any bells, honestly. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um it's it's uh Turkey Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> And then I'm sitting also, here. She's I'm, also in Black Christmas. I'm sitting here thinking it, about it. Yeah. yeah so of I'm course you're like, thinking about it. Why I don't want to see her like that. Yeah. You've already seen her in a car. You don't want her to get typecast. <laughs> um, let's no, I just don't want to see her like movie. showing her gash off. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. No kidding. No kidding. And then, then the subsequent following scene. Where she gets where beat up. <laughs> he beats the shit out of her in front of her David Bowie poster. Yeah. <laughs> Like Jesus Christ! <laughs> Fuck. Uh, so this movie has some very. Um, See, that would have made. Hold on, that would have made more sense though, because she had the same body body type, stru- body type the same hair. Yeah. So that would have made more sense. Yeah, like you, you would connect that it's her. Yeah. But it's not the with, same her. But with it, well, he was like, it's her, but she has a different face, and it's like. That it's, would have been the only difference if it were her. Yeah, yeah. The same same build for yeah. the most part. As Whereas uh, they got an ink like a like fucking brave. Yeah. <laughs> they did one, get one brave. of the one of those Scottish women. Yeah. You know the type that walks around the moors in a trash bag and picks up strange <sighs> English hunters. <laughs> it's fucking too funny. Wow. Um <coughs> So Patrick Stewart's in this. Yeah. For 10 minutes. Uh, just about, yeah. He's yeah. got about 11 minutes of screen time, which is more than Space Girl. Uh, Space Girl's only in the movie for seven minutes. Like, that's her... Really? Yeah, but her scene seems, like seems so long. Yeah. Probably because she's so nude. She is very nude. <laughs> they actually had an idea that if they waxed her uh, pubic area... She would look less naked. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Deborah, it's, it's how Ma- do you get it's Menachem Yoram and Toby Hooper? How okay? do you get less naked? Because the it's it's I guess it's like walking around while you're nude wearing socks. No, that makes you more naked. <laughs> they thought if they got rid of the pubic hair, she wouldn't. But it in fact actually worked the opposite. She seemed more nude. Yeah. Um, so they had to give her a couple of weeks to grow her hair back. Uh, I don't understand how she was on set for 100 days. 
This movie took like almost four months to shoot. And they had her there for almost the entire fucking time. It makes no goddamn sense. She better have made fucking bang. <laughs> I think I think she's gone on to say that she can't believe she ever did it. And it was it was the very first movie she'd ever done in English. She didn't know a word of English. She had had a couple of movies in France prior, even though in this film it says now introducing Matilda May. Yeah. She had to sound out her dialogue phonetically. And That's she was, why it took a hundred days. Yeah. She was basing her accent off of the um, white-haired doctor who's like the scientist of death. Yeah. And the thing is, is he was German, so he couldn't speak in a German accent, which is why his English dialogue sounds so bad. Okay. This movie's a fucking mess. <laughs> I... I can't believe that Toby Hooper managed to fucking wrangle this fucking thing. And there have been, like, interviews with other people who were part of the film that said, at one point, we literally had to stop because we ran out of money. That, how, okay. They almost, they almost had, like, a fucking crew of 200 set builders because of how many walls and structures and set pieces they and built miniatures just so they could fucking blow it up yeah the explosions in this movie are amazing london gets friggin decimated <laughs> in this you mean the teeny little the teeny london, little london sets <laughs> loved it okay so uh yeah. just to break up some confusion because i know i mentioned something it's like okay so they're vampires but how does she switch bodies because she can um if you if she infects somebody they can't but her and the two other the two guys that she's with right they can they can put they can project their minds into other people's bodies yeah, and that happens in the film, yeah. and it doesn't matter who it is, because I guess she finds a church to store her body, and the thing is, is like, is the church unoccupied? Because she's just laying in the middle of the fucking thing, and using the roof, of, like, it looks like she's lying on top of a tomb. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's like a dead body underneath her and she's lying on top of it and using the roof as a conduit for the ship. No, that's um, exactly what she's doing. But she's throwing her psychic mind around and infecting other people's bodies. And then at one point she forms herself out of blood. But the only but the other two guys, they can only do mind switching. Yeah. In person. So, like, they have to be there. So, she has, like, an extra special power where she can do it from fuck all wherever. Hence, hence space vampire queen. Yeah. Space girl. Because um, she, like, fucking what happens with the woman in Scotland and then the... They, they, this movie goes to a fucking insane asylum. Yep. For no goddamn Bec- reason. Okay. So, all right. So, here's the thing. Yeah. Ella... Or Ellen, little brave, is walking around with Space Girl's mind controlling her. Mm-hmm. Picks up a hunter, probably kills him or infects him. We, we don't, don't know. know. We find out that she's living 
in one of the apartments in this high security, criminally insane, insane asylum. I think they say she's a nurse. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like it's so fucking quick. But it's like, how would she be? So where she was compared to that is too far away for one. Yeah, and also why? How would she have done that if she's working at an insane asylum as a nurse? If that did she have the day off? I did. Yeah. But it kind of also seemed like she was one of the less crazy ones, which is why they she let her have like her a own. Patient. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like she seemed like she was the less crazy one, so they gave her an apartment. Yeah, and let her put because up it's posters. still on the compound. Yeah, and you still have to have a key and codes and shit to get into a fucking place. Then you press the button to get in. She's a she's a patient. And the way that Patrick Stewart says that she lives in this section of the asylum grounds. She's a patient. And says, are you sure you don't want me to come up and introduce you? It really gives off the impression that she's a crazy. So how is she out? Exactly. And then we get the reveal that she no longer has the space vampire brain controlling her. That, I guess, mental psychic presence has now transferred to Patrick Stewart. Yeah. And apparently this was Patrick Stewart's very first on-screen kiss. Poor guy. (laughs) The thing is, though, Patrick Stewart went on to say, because he's a complete gentleman and one of the best people ever. Yeah. Toby Hooper was one of the... Best people he's ever worked with. He had so much fun making this movie. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, it does look like it could be... It it looked like it could have been fun to do. Depending on your role. Depending on your role. Yeah, because I got a story about one of the people in the movie. But at the same time, it's like, it could have been fun to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it's not a fun movie. Sure. I'm just saying it's so all over the place. (laughs) It's a fucking mess. And it's a... It's a trash fire. All right, so so here's a story about somebody who had an absolutely terrible time oh, on no. set. Uh, Aubrey Morris again, okay. the actor who was also in A Clockwork Orange. Uh, he shows up as a minister or uh, someone from Parliament uh, in a tuxedo and doesn't say a fucking word for the first like ten minutes of his screen time mm-hmm. when one of the um, mummies explodes. Yeah. When Patrick Stewart um, unleashes the psychic vampire power in the room and everything starts flying around. And he hits his head. So he was so anxious about that scene because he knew it was going to happen. The way that Toby Hooper set that up was he put a ton of fucking furniture on wires and spun it around this room. Are you serious? So this actor knew he was going to have a hundred pound bookshelf coming at his fucking head before his stunt where he gets knocked over and the character breaks his neck and dies. Okay. So. I'm already scared. In that scene, he was already extremely anxious. Yeah. And you can tell by his performance that he was getting ready for the stunt. So he gets through it and he gets a little bit roughed up and he doesn't get particularly hurt or anything like that. Um, But it was 
certainly scary. He almost suffocated when they did the body cast for his corpse while they were prepping for the special effect. They did a full cast so they could do the effect where he's lying dead on the helicopter and all the blood starts spewing out of his face. Oh, no! He freaked out with uh, John Dextra and his crew when they were putting all of the mold over him to be able to create a body double for that scene. Uh... Whether it, you know, got up his nose or it completely covered his mouth, he, he had... Uh, he had a freak out. He had a freak out. So that just completely put him off doing genre films for the rest of his life. I mean, I can like, understand that, though. Yeah, he, he hated being on this movie because of what his role was and what he had to go through. Um, but the resulting effect uh, is we have Patrick Stewart, who I think is still technically alive. He's alive-ish. <laughs> yeah. He's not alive after what happens. No. <laughs> uh, so they have him and they have uh, the dead body of the uh, of the minister. And the psychic vampire girl decides that she's going to scare these people or get her mind out of Patrick Star. I don't know. But all of a sudden, these dead corpses just wake up and start screaming and then... All of the blood starts pouring out of their nose, mouth, and eyes and forms into, like, just keeps, like, it turns into a ball and the ball keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you see all this blood and, like, goo and stuff coming out of them. It gets bigger and bigger. More blood and goo just pouring out. It's so gross. And then it turns into, like, a jelly blood monster version of the girl who just, and then melts. She explodes and all the blood splashes on the floor. Uh, it's, and he's like, she's back in London. How do you fucking know? Well, before, <laughs> before we get there, she did that on her birthday. God damn. <laughs> Toby Hooper covered her in blood. That was and that, no, weird. No, that was strawberry jam. <laughs> That You're... was that was Matilda May's birthday. It's not even strawberry jam. It's like that strawberry jam that you put inside cakes. It's like that really, really yeah, like sugar the, shit. The terrible gooey shit that's that's what they covered her in. Total cake filling, like fucking yeah. little Debbie filling. Yes, shit like that. Uh, so, so <laughs> oh, and, and apparently all the helicopters in the movie okay. were supplied by the British military. Okay. So that's also, fun. The helicopter that this happens in, yep. that, that helicopter cat pilot <laughs> was in contact with everybody at all times. He knew everything. Everyone was calling him. He was calling him. He's like, here, you got this phone call. Here's my headset. Oh, while you were on the phone, you got this letter. By the way, I just got a call and that this is how. What the fuck, dude? They're not talking to you that much. Hold on, sis. Something's coming in right now. Can we talk about his reaction when he sees the blood monster? (laughs) And how he, like, fucking almost crashes the helicopter? (laughs) He's like, ah! Alright, so the other guys are just sitting there like, (laughs) Boyer and space captain are just sitting there like staring like uh like 
it's not even a thing for them. Just like, uh. oh. and then he turns around. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. There are so many like featured extras oh. reacting hilariously in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like there's the big scene in one of the um, hospital rooms where someone looking through the glass guard pane is just like completely mouth agape and shocked. And then, like, oh, a the, couple of the doctors are like... Ugh. The orderly, yeah. when he walks into the room, when they're doing the... When the energy burst happens mm-hmm. in the insane asylum. Oh, my God, yes! The guy who brings in the, uh, the morphine injectors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> His reaction to what was going on was hilarious. Oh, everybody everybody is, like, so hamming it up and overreacting. But at the same time... Except for the main people. Yeah, for real. Like, the... the Primary cast is a very, like, seasoned cast for British thespians. I mean, these people are really, really ingrained into the English theatrical and stage performance circles of entertainment. And then they got extras who were just... Amazing. Yeah. Fucking amazing. I think the extras actually make the movie better. I I agree. Like, if they weren't so over the top and crazy, I think this movie would have been too boring. let's, Let's be clear about this very much, is that there is no character in this movie that we can connect with. No. I I don't think there is a conduit for the audience at all. Uh, Especially not Steve Railsback's character, fucking Commander Space Captain, um, because he's a fucking maniac. Uh, He's a, you know, woman beater, I guess. Uh, Abuser, fucking whatever. He was just trying to get answers out of her, but at the same time, he's like, there's... He screams like a psycho uh, when he has a bad dream. Let me go! Let me go! <laughs> oh my god, when the fucking furniture's flying around the room, yeah. the way he's shaking, like he's trying to pretend he's being shocked <laughs> by psychic energy. I, like, okay, that's the thing. I don't think Toby Hooper has any, like, level of direction that, like, someone like George Romero does with extras, where he's just like, all right, just move, just do something. And then walks away. And then the actor's like, what the fuck do I do? But is it going to look bad? that's part of the beauty of it. it. It's it's so fun. It's so fun and it's so funny. Um, I, I, think, I think it's an expertly made film. Uh, in many different ways. And at the same time, it is so mishandled. Okay, this is what it is. <laughs> yeah, please. It's an expertly made movie. That was produced by Canon. Yeah. That, 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 that's literally what it is. Yeah. Because the, I'm sorry, Canon, that's just cheese ball. To a degree. Yeah. We, it, it's, yeah. we love Canon, but we know it's not going to be the best of the best. Right. But that's one thing is that um, Canon, what Menachem and Yoram cared about, was fucking entertainment. And this is entertaining. This movie's entertaining as shit. And that's uh, something that Menachem told Toby Hooper specifically was, we want you to have a space vampire girl 
naked whole time. <laughs> but they wouldn't let her do it in the church. I know. That's the only time she's wearing clothes is when it's actually in a church. Um, the, the whole story was apparently Toby Hooper had been hired on after uh, Poltergeist to do a three-picture deal with Canon. Okay. This was number one. Number two was Invaders from Mars. And number three was the one that broke Canon, and that was Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Got it. And I think what they thought was, we've got the guy from Poltergeist, mm-hmm. who people love for Texas Chainsaw. We're going to let him do a couple of big, crazy movies, and then we're going to have him recapture the magic of Texas Chainsaw and revolutionize the horror movie spectrum. And it totally fucking backfired on him. And literally, like, six or seven years later, Toby Hooper was back to making movies like The Mangler. Don't you dare knock The Mangler. (laughs) Don't you dare start that. I am not saying anything negative about The Mangler, but take a look at the production quality. Shut your mouth. (laughs) That movie is perfect. It is. It's a perfect movie. (laughs) But yeah, so um, Menachem just came to um, Toby Hooper before Toby Hooper was going on a quick vacation to Pasadena or uh, Palm Springs in 1983 or 1984. And he was like, we want you to do this. Take the book. Read Space Vampires by Colin Wilson and make this movie. And he was fucking serious. So they gave it to him. And this is the result. And it's insane. So we really didn't talk too much about how things happen in the movie. Right. Um, there's still a lot that we haven't even talked about. I agree. At all. Yeah. Um, But I think that's because we kind of want you to watch it. Yeah. So folks, if you haven't, like we really didn't go into extremely in-depth story you know, spoiler mode here. Uh, we kind of gave you a lot of the basics. But the thing is, is you can know everything about this movie. You can know how it ends. You can know what happens. But the fucking watch. Yeah, it's the roller coaster ride that it's, really it's the, does it. It's the best part. Like, you will pick up on shit that you've never seen before every single fucking time. And then you'll forget it for a couple of years. And then you'll revisit it. And it'll be fucking amazing. Yeah, because like I said, I've seen this once before. You retained nothing. Absolutely. I remember that there was a brunette with like long brunette. Yeah. Naked girl who was a space vampire that sucked energy out of people. I totally forgot about the two guys. I to- I forgot about <laughs> everything. By the way, one of those guys was supposed to be Billy Idol. It didn't work out. No, I did it. <laughs> did it not. No, they got they got fucking uh God damn. They they try to make them they got so Mick hunky. Jagger's brother instead. They they try to make them so hunky and I was like, that's Oh, it's wow. bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. Um yeah, this movie has a notorious cult following. Uh you either fucking love it or fucking hate it. Some people, um, I think this movie to a degree, is also incredibly misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just too much fun. It's it's fun. Yeah. It's not one of my favorite movies of all time. Will mm. I watch it again in a couple months? 
no. Um, <laughs> but maybe in a couple more years, couple they're years. like, man, Life Force, I remember I watched that. I don't remember anything about it. Let's put it on and experience it all over again. Yes, absolutely. So, Martin. Martin. Thank you for the recommendation. Mm. Um, hopefully, we did a good job for you. But I hope so. We just wanted to say thank you for everything you and American do. And we really wanted to give you something that was a little bit of a special treat for you. So there you go, Martin. Thank yeah. you. I think uh, I think that's good. I think yeah. that's good for today. I think uh, we'll skip on any further shout outs. Uh, as always, everybody listening, thank you so much for being part of the show. Uh, thank you, patrons, and thank you, supporters. And I think we, uh, we might be freaky fans. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know who I am anymore. It's like I have this thing in my mind. It's like a big umbrella. It's like a big umbrella. <laughs> this is awful. Worst send-off ever. <laughs> Goodbye, folks. <laughs> <laughs>